Welcome to Core Nourishment. I'm Annie Wagner, your host. This podcast is designed to empower, inspire, ignite presence, purpose, and intention in your day. Welcome back to the Core Nourishment Podcast. This is Annie Wagner, your host, and thank you to every single one of you for tuning in, subscribing, and sharing the pod with your friends and family. I am so grateful and my heart feels so full right now. Um, If you are interested in being a guest, please reach out. I would love to hear from you. You can find me at anniewagoner.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Core Nourishment. And if you haven't already done so, if you wouldn't mind just heading on over to Apple Podcasts and offering a rating and a review, I would greatly appreciate it. So for episode 47, I had so much fun diving into conversation with Megan Sharples. This woman is absolutely stunning and beautiful inside and out. She is a mom, wife, second grade teacher, leader, community connector. Megan is raw, real, inspiring, not afraid to dive deep, and has a brilliant sense of humor too. We talk all about the importance of rest, connection, listening to our bodies, boundaries, patience, growing and forever learning with kids. And she shares about the magic of her own classroom and a lure of teacher props. She talks about compassion, strengths, celebrating differences, child-led play, nature, energy, and how learning divine timing has really helped calm anxiety for her. Other topics discussed include gratitude, manifestation, her home, joy of reading, intentional grounding, and float therapy. This episode is full of warmth, genuineness, and wisdom. Megan's heart, authenticity, courage, and depth to make her so relatable. So tune in, listen to Megan and the gentle rumbles of thunder in the background, and allow yourself to come even more alive. Megan, thank you so much for joining me on this hot, sticky July day in New England. Um, and you were so thoughtful to bring me this delicious, nourishing juice. So thank you. A little bit of beets and kale and oh. some thunder today. Yeah, I know. We've got it all. The thunder. Listeners, you might hear a little rain out there. Um, it's Yeah, it's a perfect summer day. So I'm so glad you're here. And as you know, I... My first favorite question I love to start with, with my guests, is what is nourishing your soul today? What's enlivening you and fueling you? Um, Today, and actually this summer, has been rest. Mm. It's been a big word for me. That's been coming up a lot. Um, Anticipation of travel, because I love to see new things all the time. So um, I have a trip coming up with my mother, my aunt, and my cousin. We're going to Ireland. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Have you ever been there before? No. No. So, and um, this trip was put off because of COVID. So it's like finally coming to fruition. And it's so a lot of anticipation. <laughs> a lot of anticipation. Years. Yeah. Oh. Um, so it, being able to explore new things nourishes me. And just um, connection with my family and friends and... Um, 
connecting with people just always puts a smile on my face. I've been thinking about that today, like just as you and I chatted for almost 45 minutes before we even hit record, like I've just, I've, I can't stop smiling and it just feels so nourishing and it's so important. It really is. Connection. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And even though I'm a teacher and, you know, I'm on summer vacation right now and, you know, I'm loving the, the quietness and the stillness and the slowness of my day to day. And um, trying not to pack every day with something because when I do that, my time goes by faster. Yes. Oh, that's, yeah, that's interesting to notice too, that it, relationship to time in that way. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm loving my little patio and um, my little flower pots with, you know, flowers that I have to deadhead and water and care for. And oh. um, so, yeah. But the word that keeps appearing in my mind is rest. I love that you're that you're bringing light to rest, Megan, because that personally is something I would say over the last year I've really been in, like intentionally blocking into my day more because I I I tend to rev and go like I just naturally get so excited about a lot of things and I pack my days and I've realized my body is talking to me more and more and. Um, just recognizing how important rest is yeah. for our physical bodies, for our brains, for our hearts, for our nervous systems. Mm-hmm. Also for just slowing down and being really present with people that we're with or with our activities. So, yeah, what's the, I guess, what has been the motivation for you to really connect with rest more? Um, well, I think, you know, my family's had a stressful year. And, um, also being a teacher, you're, you're go, go, go for nine months of the year, yeah, 10 months of the year. And so when that finally slows down, there's always a transition period of, um, not quite knowing what to do with yourself and, and figuring out how to fall into that routine of really no routine Mm. and, my husband is, he's really good at this. He, he'll he always say to me, you're trying to stuff 10 pounds of potatoes into a five pound sack, you know. It's <laughs> a great analogy. Yeah. <laughs> and he says it to me all the time if he, if he feels like our weekends are getting, you know, too um, appointed with things or, you know, if I'm trying to schedule too much. And so I, I think of that phrase all the time, you know, am I trying to stuff too much and just to step back and. Um, so the, the rest piece, my body at this point in my life, really actually all my life, I think it's now that at this point I'm noticing it. Mm -hmm. Um, it really does tell us when to slow down and I can feel my physical body, my emotional body and my nervous system. And I know when my nervous system needs a reset and I've learned to go float. Yes. Because that is great for my nervous system. So I've, you're floating in, like you're talking about, like the salt, salt, salt water floats. tanks. Yes. Oh. Um, when my physical body is tired, I get a massage mm. if I can, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and other times knowing when to go for a walk, when to put my bare feet in the grass, mm. when I, you know, I can feel when I need to get in the woods and be around trees. Um you know, when I should be in water and just trying to ground through that. 
I am like feeling every, everything you're mentioning. I'm, my senses are just bursting alive. Like I'm smelling the trees. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling the cool water. I'm imagining like floating in that, you know, I'm feeling the salt holding my body mm-hmm. um, and absorbing into my skin, the magnesium. That is beautiful. Megan. And what, gosh, what an important, I just think every single human <laughs> on this earth could benefit from more rest. And how challenging it can be to to really make it a priority, but just how necessary it is for our health. It really is. And I think our culture, I struggle with this and I try to be mindful of this a lot and not falling into the traps of our culture of, you know, what does success look like mm. and the rate at which we're trying to achieve and what is it that we really are trying to achieve? And is it going to be important on the last day of my life? Am I going to look back and go, gee, I'm glad I worked so hard, you know, or am I going to go, I'm so glad I took the time to do X, Mm -hmm. Y, and Z, whether it's, you know, carving out time to see friends or just taking a walk with my husband or, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, And just being mindful of that and not you know, that rat race, I think, is so ever-present. And like we were talking about earlier with social media and seeing what other people put out, it can feel like you've got to keep up. Yeah. But I try to keep getting back to rest. Yeah. Thank you for just just sharing that and being an inspiration and a champion for that. I think I'm hoping listeners out there that are listening can walk away with that um, just that nugget and thought and just, you know, even if it begins with like, okay, one minute mm-hmm. a day, I'm going to get off my feet and like intentionally do nothing. Um, I, yeah. I always remind myself that too. And I'm like, but I don't know where I can fit that in or, you know, but it's just, it's true. I think it's, our culture is just so focused on productivity mm-hmm. and, and a lot of us can get caught myself included in that. Like, it, that you know being successful looks a certain way yeah. but instead of adding more things it's like creating more spaciousness you know what does what does that look like so. and I think setting boundaries too yeah. right like I know for myself um I teach second grade and I could stay at work until seven o'clock every night and I go in early every day I go in at least a half an hour before my contract says and I it's all stuff I love to do. However, it's taking away from me being at home or me interacting with my children or my husband or other friends. And so I've really had to set boundaries around that because there's always something to do. Right. Well, totally. But is it truly serving your body and your heart, you know, to stay until 7 p.m.? Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But how challenging that can be. Do you find, Megan, that you've had... I guess, like, pushback from that from anyone? Or is it more your internal wiring and and maybe, you know, just, again, being in this culture society that can sometimes impede? Well, you know, what's funny is um, different school districts have different cultures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, the one I am in currently is amazing. And um, people do honor their families and they honor their time and... You know, um, they do everything they can to, you know, leave when their contract says to leave. Um, 
you know, to, to give, to honor what they need to do and to be healthy. And because yeah. if you're burnt out, you're not going to be good for anyone. Right. You're <laughs> not including yourself. You're not able to show up and yeah. be present and give. Yeah. That makes me think. So my husband, Anthony, and I have been chatting a lot about this. Um, he's still active duty, you know, psychologist for the Navy. And uh, he is... He's been one of my greatest teachers in that balance, despite being, you know, a military and, and he's currently living separate from us. Like he is in charge of a team of 35 people at a hospital. Mm-hmm. And and I so appreciate and admire his like really adamant um, boundary and teaching of no, no one is saying like, you know, you are taking care of yourself. You're going home to you know, go for that run or to help make dinner with your family and spend time with your kids. Um, because it's, it is, it's such a challenging part of our system and it's everywhere. It's not just, you know, so it's not just in military. I'm hearing, you know, you're sharing your experience. I've definitely felt this in my life. Um, and I felt I've made an Adam Grant. Do you know him? He's an organizational psychologist. You would love him. I think, um, he just shares a lot of just, he's a researcher too, just great statements and, and, you know, research. But one of the things he posted about recently was about this, you know, we say work-life balance, but it should be life-work balance. Oh, I like that. You know, and like life should really be coming first. Um, So at the end of the day, as you said, when we're, or at the end of our life, you know, when we look back and we're lying there, like, you know, what are we going to remember the most? What is truly the most important? Exactly. Yeah. And I think, too, um, for me, it's finding leadership that values those things. And luckily, I've found that leadership um, working for people who say, no, your family comes first. Yeah. Yeah. It's so just, when you're talking about rest, Megan, does it include your family? Are you like, are you, you have, so you have two kids mm-hmm. and a wonderful husband. Um, are you sharing like this with them and talking about it or are you just finding your role modeling I'm curious to know if it's come up <laughs> I think both um so I have my 17 year old is an extremely hard-working young woman and um she's learning how to balance uh, working her her job and school and but, you know, when she's not feeling well listening to and honoring her body that mm. she needs to take time um, to heal. And, you know, my son is still figuring out work ethic. Yes. As a, a lot of young teenagers do. Um, but, you know, I think the role modeling that my husband and I do for, you know, trying to fit in enough play and enjoyment and that sort of thing. And um, you know, trying to teach them how to explore and, you know, with family vacations and, yeah. and just enjoy that side of life. Yeah. And, you know, we, we have lots of conversations. Yeah. Lots of good conversations too. That's incredible. Yeah. And so like, yeah, just so important. I love that, you know, and then the fact that you touched upon your daughter, like being just that driven um, young girl, young woman, but also like learning at 17, you know, mm-hmm. to, to listen to our body. Like that is amazing to me that you're even, you know, putting that into context and sharing that because we were chatting about this before we hit record, but I, there's that part of me like so wishes that I could, I could have known what 
I know now or have learned what I've learned, you know, just a little bit sooner. And I'm very grateful, you know, but in terms of listening to our bodies before they scream at us or shut down or, um, or we're in pain. Yeah, exactly. And those are the things that I hope she takes with her when, you know, when she leaves to go off to school and to work and she has those little nuggets that she can fall back on and, or know that she can call me anytime too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Trying to keep all those lines of communication open and, um, be able to, to take the things that we've talked about and keep going with it. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what would you say is one of the greatest things you've learned um, as a mom from your kids? Um, I think I want to say patience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm imagining all parents out there say, yep, I can relate. And the funny thing is, is I continue to become more and more patient. And like we were saying before you hit record, I wish I had had these skills when they were really little, you know, but but I am also on a journey as, as they are too of yeah. learning and um, growing. And, but I do think they've taught me patience and non-judgment. Hmm. Not that I'm there completely, but learning to step back and see other sides to things and um, trying to respond rather than react. Yes. You know, that yes. that's definitely something I'm, I'm working on and learning and yeah, I keep saying, okay, by the time I have grandchildren, if I have grandchildren, then I might be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love Megan that you just said like you're, you're learning. Like I think we're always learning and yeah, even that part of us that was like, oh, I so wish I had known this when they were little. Yeah. We, we get to learn with them and share that, you know, unfolding and, and the fear and the, and the joy when we do figure figure it out, quote unquote, because I feel like we're always still trying to figure it out, or it's different the next time. Yeah. Um, but I love one of my favorite phrases I I've said to my kids is like, you know, I've never I've never been a mom to a fifteen and twelve year old before. I really have no I don't know where that instructions booklet is. I'm looking for it, but I'm <laughs> I'm trying my best. Um, and you know, we laugh together. It's but it's so humbling and so hard sometimes. And my perfectionistic side shows up and same. And then it's like, okay, here we are like getting to ground and compassion all (laughs) together. And it's funny because, you know, if I, as a child, if I felt wronged, my way of fixing it was, well, when I become an adult, I'm going to do it this way. So then it will be perfect. Mm. And then my child won't have to feel what I'm feeling. Mm. Yeah. But what I've really learned is that, you know, we all have to go through these things so that we can um, ascend and grow in our own understanding of how the world works and how, you know, our own souls. And yeah, so it's not about like seamless perfection and ease, right? (laughs) No. And I thought, I thought, well, okay, I'm going to be I'm going to be so grounded and I'm going to be so, as they say now, woke that my child won't have to um, feel these things yeah. or, but I know. that's, that's I human, know. right? Like that's what humanity is. Like, <laughs> exactly. you know, so trying to shed that perfectionism, it, you know, even this comes to me all the time, just my home, 
and how I lived by myself for a while before I got married, before I had children. And it was like a magazine, like a pottery barn catalog, right? And I did find a lot of joy in that. However, the three other people who I live with (laughs) don't live that way. Yeah. And um, I've really had to let go of, you know, like, oh my gosh, what if somebody comes to the house and they see dishes or, you know, your stuff is strewn everywhere or... And letting go of that perfectionism has been that control piece of, oh. of like fear of judgment, or but it should be this way, or yeah, I can I can so relate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I agree. Like, I find such joy in 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 like things like having order and cleanliness, Me and too. just you know, I think that that's strength. And like realizing kind of what we were talking about earlier is like is racing around trying to clean up really necessary is it what's most important is this serving me what's this coming from mm-hmm. you know and can I can I let go and, and find a little more ease and, and relaxation yeah well and now I laugh about it and I go you know I'll tell people like oh yeah I keep my house this way to make you feel really good about your house you know? <laughs> I know <laughs> because yeah you know yeah I try, I try to find the humor and everything too you so. do I it's one of the things that I right away when I met you um just love is your humor. Like you are so looking forward to this conversation today because your realness, your, your heart, like your integrity and your authenticity, like you just shine out. And, and part of it is just so always layered with this, like just wonderful sense of humor. So thank you, Megan, for well, bringing such a joy. <laughs> thank you. I mean, that's one of the things I've always loved. And I think maybe calms those nervous centers in my brain mm-hmm. is being able to laugh. Yeah. Um, I grew up with some people who were really funny and being around them just really fed my soul. Yeah. And so, um, I've sought that out all my life, you know, as I got older and could go to comedy clubs, one of the things I sought out. And, um, there were times when I was, you know, struggling with depression and anxiety and I would just get on YouTube and listen to comedians. Yeah. Because I needed the lightness. Yeah, laughter is medicine. It really, really is. And, you know. Do you find as a teacher, um, to go back to that, because I think of the the research out there that states, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get it exactly, but just how much, you know, kids in general, children laugh mm-hmm. and and then what happens when we're adults and how little we laugh, you know. And um, so you've mentioned play just in your family dynamic and kind of cultivating play and joy and um, and then just your, how much you connect with sense of humor. Like when you teach, do you think about this and do you intentionally create it's, moments of laughter for it's people? It's so <laughs> funny that you ask that because um, so – some of the things that are like that I really hold dear, like my vision and my mission in my own classroom, um, is that I will treat your children the way I want my own children to be treated. Mm. Um, that connection is first, and then I do a joke of the day. Oh, I love it! I love it. And what's so funny about it is this that I've noticed. So the kids, you know, I teach second grade. The kids come in, and they're just these sweet little first graders, and they think my jokes are hysterical. <laughs> then after Christmas vacation, and I always say something happens over winter break, and the kids 
they grow and they change. And then my jokes aren't funny anymore. And they like <laughs> roll their eyes at me and I'm like, okay. So then I have to switch it up at that point and do riddles. But I laugh every single day because kids are hysterical. Yeah. And their take on, like our conversations are amazing. I have the best conversations. We read these stories and we talk about it afterwards. And I just kind of sit back and let it flow naturally and see what organically happens because they have amazing perspectives. Amazing insight. And also what I love so much about that age is just the, the lack of filter and like the Mm -hmm. realness and Mm -hmm. they're not, they're just oftentimes not all, all children, but just like really share what right away comes to mind and in their heart. And there's, you know, there's not all the, like the, filtering I'm going to just use that word again that that takes place as we get older because of fear of being judged or oh but that's not the right thing to say and like just all that you know so I love I love that you allow that just to organically unfold that's amazing um so I start the year with a story that's it's called our class in this class we are a family our class is a family and that's sort of what I build my whole my whole room around my whole climate around is that we treat each other like family and we're going to love each other and we're going to play with each other. And sometimes we might get upset with each other and, and we're going to talk about things and, you know, everybody has a voice and, you know, there are times when you get different personalities or different quirky traits and you'll see some kids looking at other kids kind of like with the side, I like, I can't believe you're doing that or they get annoyed. But that's when I, that's when my job is to step in and, maybe highlight something as a strength mm, yes, and not make it um, a detriment, you know, and, and try to show that everybody has differences and everybody, everybody has different parts to their personality that, um, you know, as long as they're being kind and they're not hurting anyone, then it's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just all okay. Yeah. And that, like, like how amazing for you to be able to, to kind of hold that con- safe container, you know, create that safe space for for all of them to know that okay, I can find, I can be accepted here, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm also learning to accept, you know, what maybe feels different, more uncomfortable, or um, that you're able to shift it to the place of strength is amazing because I imagine you know some some of your kids that you get don't maybe don't have that you know in their home space, so yeah. And that's, you know, I want them to know they can talk to me about anything because then if the really big stuff comes up, they have someone outside of their home that they can feel safe with. Yeah. And if kids don't feel safe just personally, they're not going to take academic risks and I can't get their brains going. I can't get them to grow academically if they don't feel safe with me. Yeah. Because they'll shut down. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my number one goal. That's incredible. You can feel your heart right there. Yeah. So did you know forever that you wanted to be a teacher? I did. You did. I remember being in kindergarten and first grade and both times sitting on the floor and the teacher being at the front of the room having like all these teacher props yeah. that they had at the time. And I just loved all the materials. And I loved the teacher closet and, you know, all the paper and glue and markers and 
the books, everything. I loved it. Yes. And even now, like going to Staples, it's like the best. It's like Christmas. It is. Yeah. I love color coding. I love organization. Um, I love charts. That's incredible. All of it. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's, yeah. Again, I'm imagining, like, I can smell the paper. I'm imagining all the colors and the textures. And your classroom is just probably a magical um, universe to walk into. (laughs) I love it. I I got to, so um, I was able to sort of recreate my space. And when the children came in that I had the previous year, watching their faces light up, they were like, I want to come back. I want to come back to second grade. And I'm like, you're just down the hall. Come visit anytime. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> but that was, um, that was really a joyful moment for me because I got to see it through their eyes yeah. and see that it wasn't, I mean, yes, I do create it for myself because like I say, like I live with three other people at home. I can't truly control that area. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so my classroom is truly my own. I mean, <laughs> granted, I have all these messy little kids and there's stuff all over the floor, but it's organized the way I want it to right, be organized, right. <laughs> you know, and I try to organize it for ease of learning. And, and it's funny too, because, um, I change things a lot because I'm thinking, I always think like, well, this might work better if I do this, you know, and the yeah. kids will come in. You changed it again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And what that, te- that like also teaches in and of itself, right? About like. You have to flow. Adapt- ad- adaptability yeah. and right going to flow and yeah. also for the brain. Like, ooh, okay, it changed. Now what do I have to take in? And oh, that's so fun. Yeah. It, that's it really is. cool. I'm, I'm truly enjoying it as of now. What is, Megan, if you can remember, mm-hmm. what is one of the jokes that you, was one of your jokes of the day? Oh or my do you have gosh. a favorite joke? There's so many. And no pressure if you're like, I, I'm blanking. <laughs> I am. I'm totally blanking. Um, I'll, I can tell you I do theme them. Oh, I'll you theme do. the jokes. Okay. So For like the season? I'll or? do seasons when I kind of run out of that. Um I'll do um, sports. Oh, okay. Because they all, you know, at that age, they it's like co-ed basketball, co-ed. And so they think those are funny. Oh, yeah. Um, they can relate to them. Yeah. I can't think of anything specific. But, uh, yeah, I would just get on Pinterest and look up kids' jokes. That's and perfect. Have one every day. That's awesome. I know. And it just cracks me up how they, you know, in January, as I said, they roll their eyes at me. <laughs> They're like too cool for school. And it's, you know, it's not funny anymore. And that you're like ready for that. You're like, okay, this yeah. is going to happen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Little time. Yeah. That's yeah. great. As they grow. Oh it's just gosh. a fun process to watch. And it's nice too, because, you know, my kids are older. They're teens now, which is such a weird place for me to be. I don't think I really truly thought I would get to this place. Yeah. It's, it's, and so to have little kids, to continue to have little kids, that feeds my soul. Yeah. And do you find that it brings you back to your own child within? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because we have the campus that I work at. We have um, just amazing outdoor space that is surrounded by trees. And we have um, woods with outdoor classrooms and a trail. Oh, my gosh. I want to go to school there. It is <laughs> It's just such a gift. I've yeah. waited for this position for a long time, and I knew it would eventually get to me, and I didn't know what it would look like, but I had to have faith that it would get there, even though it was really hard for me to wait. Yeah. And um, 
now that I'm there, I just, it feels so magical to me. Yeah. And so taking the kids outside helps me feed my inner child because that's what I did growing up. I played in the woods all the time. Nature beds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's amazing. What a gift. A gift for your kids that you are a teacher too and then a gift for your own child self and your own soul. And it's fun to watch because, I mean, I think we all know this, right? Like kids today aren't growing up the way we grew up with, you know, everything is so, um, the adults are watching over everything and it's not truly child-led play. Everything's organized. Mm. And so to give them the space to just kind of go is really amazing. And I love watching kids play and how they interact and, um, at the end of the year, I took them out and I taught them about fairy houses. Oh, I love it. And we, they, I let them build fairy houses. And um, what always happens, it never fails. I've seen this happen time and time again. When you get kids out in the woods and they start creating their own spaces, they come up with their own currency of what's valuable. Mm. And they come up with their own little social systems and... Um, kind of like political systems like we have in place. And it's just such a natural thing that happens. Like, you know, you'll hear some, one of the students say, oh, this is my property. Oh, wow. And they actually say things that you think are so adult, but I think really it's just embedded in our DNA that, you know, we we have certain space that we need and we have, um, you know, like they start building homes and little forts and you know they figure out what they want and what they need and they start trading all and the details yeah. like the different, oh that's so amazing and that's without you laying like you're like this is the free time to build your spaces yep. the only yeah. thing I do is I give them their boundaries of where they're you know you know you always have to be able to see an adult yes or like can't go past that rock wall yeah it's not on our property um and you know so I give them a few safety boundaries, basically. But, I, you know, I have students that, like, they might want to pick up a stick and whack it against a tree. Well, a lot of adults will say, that's not safe. You know, please stop. And I'll say, you know, your body is telling you to do this. I'm fine if you do that. But you do need to look around and make sure that no one's going to get hit if a piece of that stick goes flying. Yeah. You know, or... Find a, find a different space away from, you know. So I let them do those things. you're giving them permission to still, like, move through that in their body. Yeah. yeah. In a safe way. Yeah. yeah. That's powerful. I hope it is for yeah. them. I hope they remember those things. Yeah. You know, and um, it's fun to watch how, how they grow and how they think and the things that they create and what they come up with. Yeah. That nourishes me. Yeah. Talk about, like... I just love your openness and receptivity to it all too. Like just listeners and, and witnessing Megan's face as she's sharing all this, like you are just so lit up and you can tell it's just, it's your purpose. You yeah. Know? Um, and that you're can really talk about connectivity coming back to that. Like first and foremost, like the most important part that you said that you share with the families and your kids, it's the connection. Um, you can tell that you're deeply connecting every single day and that's incredible because I also know, especially over the last couple of years, like teaching is probably the hardest profession out there. And 
not always the most rewarding in terms of if we're just talking about compensation and benefits. And um, so I really just respect you, Megan, for staying true to your, okay, to your boundaries, <laughs> saying I still want to go home and be with my family. Yeah. Um, but that also you are, sounds like really checking in with your body and your, your heart and saying, I'm saying true to this purpose and giving to these kids uh, because I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I do right now. Yeah. And if I, I find that I don't, yeah. then I'll find something else to do. But right now I really do. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I want to go into your, like, just other parts of Megan. Sure. Um, one of the, well, you and I met through energy, energy healing training, which is just incredible. How many, That was so many years ago now. My gosh. Which was such a gift. That was a gift. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know how many. It was it just, yeah, I just so, I'm so appreciate crossing paths with you. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. And one of the parts that you speak to when we just, when we have a chance to converse and we were talking about before, um, but is really like how we're all kind of, our souls are, our souls have a journey and we've chosen this journey. Mm-hmm. So how, how does that relate to just you and your life and your experience and the journey you, you've chosen? And when did you start to kind of think in that way? It's really funny because, um, like I've told you, I was raised Catholic. And so a lot of these things that resonate with me don't really mesh with the beliefs I was raised with. But because if it feels right, then I feel like it must be okay. Because, you know, it's not like it's not something bad. It, there's integrity to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming to energy clearing really came out of turning 40. <laughs> and uh, so it was nine years ago. Okay. Oh, yeah. There we go. There. there we go. Um, and I wanted some answers to a few things. And I... Um, met a woman who we've both met and learned from and um, started just kind of taking classes and, you know, the things that resonated stayed with me. And if it didn't, then I just moved on from it and that was fine. And so what I've really learned from it all is that um, there is no coincidence. Mm -hmm. Um, Divine timing is everything which has helped calm anxiety for me yeah. and being able to trust, you know, everybody calls it something different, whether you call it God or the universe or source. Yeah. Yes. And so for me, the word is God. Um, and, and really just trusting that there's a plan for me and, um, I may have helped lay out that plan before I got here and, you know, for my soul to ascend. Yeah. And everyone that comes into my life comes into my life for a reason. And, you know, what am I supposed to learn from either that person or that experience? Um, Like lifelong learning is really important to me. Yeah. That's one of my favorite questions to ask myself. Yeah. Um, And that I share with my kids too is especially especially during hard moments, you know, or challenging times. It's like, okay, being able to pause and ask, okay, what is, what, what am I here to learn in this? 
and which, is, which can be so challenging, <laughs> especially in the moment yeah. when you're faced yeah. with it right there in the moment that can be hard. And then I have to step back and reflect a little bit. Yeah. And, um, and then I can get my answers. Yeah. But sometimes right in that moment, I've, I've learned to also say, you know what? I don't know yet. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to think about totally it. That's totally okay. It's okay to not know. I yet. mean, most of, I think that's, that's so, that's so huge. Thank you for sharing that, Megan. <laughs> because how quickly, you know, when maybe someone asks us a question, I know for me as a mom, I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to have the right, perfect words to say or the right answer. Mm-hmm. But how human and real it is to just be able to say, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, let's learn this together or I don't know yet. Yeah. Um, I'll often say, yeah. you know, let me research it. Yep. Let me look into it. And then I, and then I do, I start asking, you know, I, I tend to go right to the source. Like, who do I think is going to, you know, I go to the top. Yeah. I don't yeah, yeah, start yeah. at the bottom. I, you know, I'm yeah. just, whoever I think can, can give me the answer first. Yeah. So in your, I'm going to just label yeah. spiritual practices. Does that feel okay? That feels fine. Okay. Yeah. So in your practices, your rituals, um, is there, is there a daily daily one that you connect with um, that helps you to feel clear in, in terms of your energy, energy work? Um, gratitude is first and foremost, yeah. you know, just like I woke up today. Mm, yes. You know? Yeah. Or, um, and I think too, this is, this has been a, a lifelong lesson for me. Gratitude has helped me manifest. So, the home that I'm in now, which I absolutely love because it's a home that we built and we designed and it's a manageable home. Mm. The land is manageable. Like, you know, we don't spend time mowing our lawn. We don't, you know, it took us 13 years to get to that point. Yeah. And so when I was in a home that I didn't care for, I was still grateful that I had the place that I had because it was safe. It was warm. It was shelter. Um, we could afford it. You know, we were able to pay our bills. So I had gratitude and the gratitude led me to manifesting the home that we have now, which is newer, cleaner, you know, updated. Yeah. Um, and so that is a, that was a big lesson for me. To stay present where you are and grateful for, I'm going to say the basics, because I think it's so easy to lose. It can be so easy to lose connection with that. Um, but just how, what a gift those things are. I love that. And then that allowed for more space and just maybe letting go of how, how it would look like or come about, you know, for exactly. it to flow in. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, another example of that is, um, as you know, I've had, I had postpartum depression with both children. I had no idea what I was going through with my first, with yeah. my daughter. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that's, I didn't really know that was a thing. Didn't even know it's I could be, because I was such yeah. a, a, I always had such a positive outlook on things and, or tried to spin it in a positive way, which I'm finding out now is called toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. But um, when I was even at my lowest, I would just give thanks for clean water because I knew there were moms in the world who didn't even have clean water for their children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would just give thanks for clean water. Yeah. 
And yeah. the more you give thanks for those little things, it just snowballs. And it I just think. helps to ripple. It yeah. really does. Yeah. And I think there's really, I think that, that that's, A, that can be so hard to do, but what a powerful, like, simple reminder to come back to that I'm going to just begin right here. Like, I may be feeling so low or so crappy or victim to this feeling and trapped but if I can just begin by like recognizing okay I have this water thank you for nourishing me thank you for the clean water and then again how you just said like it begins to build like that is that is an incredible gift of a mindset and that you just mentioned toxic positivity this came up actually in my one of my latest interviews as well um I think it's a fine line because I I think I think there is a lot of toxic positivity out there. Mm-hmm. And if you're just innately someone who is a little bit more optimistic or sees and you've trained yourself to see the more positive, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you, Megan, are your positivity is toxic, you know? So I think there's right. a fine line with it. There, you know, if absolutely. if it's robbing you or I guess fast forwarding you through feeling, you know, mm-hmm. some of the negative stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't allow, or it doesn't allow someone else to be in their, their feelings. Then I think it's toxic, but yeah, I think the intention around it is, is the piece that. Absolutely. Appreciate talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. <laughs> All the learning. <laughs> Lots of learning. I think having children has been my biggest teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it continues <laughs> forever. I don't think it's ever going to stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. Yeah. But you know, I like life long, life long learning. Yeah. So what's, um, what's something you're looking forward to? You mentioned you're going to Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, what else for you personally? Are you, I guess, pouring energy into right now that is enlivening you. Reading. Yeah. What do you, do you have a favorite book you're reading? So right right now I'm reading um, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I haven't heard of that. That's pretty good. I'm trying to get through that. Um, I'm also reading, this is going to seem really funny, but I do have a little bit of a fascination with the mafia. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I'm reading um, The Hollywood Godfather, uh, well, it was written, um, not a ghostwriter, but the story was, or it's the life story of Gianni Russo. Wow. And it, that's fascinating. I keep listening to his, um, experiences going, is this real? Could this really have happened? And it's just, it's, I found, um, an interview with this man, um, on YouTube during, um, quarantine. Okay. And, and then I just, it was just such a, an interesting life that he's led that I just kept researching him and, you know, trying, and then there's a podcast and this book. And so it's just, it's been fun. It's entertainment for me. It's led you into this, like, not just like a book, but also like, yeah, a little bit of a rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of funny. That's funny. Um, just trying to spend time with friends, quality time with friends. Yeah. That really feeds my soul. Yeah. You know, laughing. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like, so this whole morning has felt like such a gift. So I really, really appreciate it. I'm so thankful that we got to have this time. Yeah. 
I love the quiet rumble of the thunder. I know. So I love listeners. You're going to have the, there's this gentle rain and a little bit of rumbling out there. It feels, and even the light, you know, it's been, there's, we've had a lot of sunshine up here in New Hampshire and needed some rain. So it feels really cleansing. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Those cloudy days every now and then just helps you. I don't know. It's kind of grounding for me. Yeah. Do you, um, speaking of grounding, you mentioned bare feet in the air. Mm. Do you intentionally do that every day? Um, not every day. However, and as I said, where our home is, we don't have a lot of space. Mm. So, um, we decided to do porous pavers in our yard Yeah, because we have no place to, to keep a lawnmower or weed whacker or anything. So, but I have a neighbor who has a gorgeous patch of grass and we tend to sit out almost every day in the afternoon. So I kick off my flip-flops when I'm over there and I intentionally ground when I'm there. Oh, my gosh. Or when I'm on the beach or on the playground. I do that on the playground, too. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I love it. I know. And all the different textures, too. You know, like feet in the dirt, the grass, the sand, Mm -hmm. or, yeah, that's that's wonderful. Yeah, I do. That's another energy practice that I do intentionally. And it's so calming for our nervous system. Mm -hmm. I remind myself, you know, I find if I'm feeling really like busy mind that I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to pause. I'm going to walk outside on my bare feet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just thank the earth. And yeah. A lot of energy to come up into my body. Yeah. yeah. And I do the same thing on the beach, the, the water and the, yeah. it's more the water than the sand for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so powerful. So refreshing. Yeah. So one more question. I'd love to circle back to kind of what we started with and you talked about rest. Mm. When you have found yourself like really absorbed or immersed in rest Mm -hmm. and have, have felt like, okay, I'm, I'm, when you're aware you're resting, what shifts, what are you noticing in your body as you've really cultivated that practice and invited more rest in what Mm. has changed for you? Well, it gives me energy to, to do things. Um, you know, whether it's setting up, um, a meeting with a friend or saying, calling someone saying, Hey, let's go for a walk. Or it might be a task that I've wanted to, to do and tackle at home. Um, I also notice ha- more happiness. Mm. It, it, it really does help happiness and joy for me. And, you know, feeling that calm. Yeah. Centered. Have you, Megan, heard of Octavia Rahim? No. So I will, I'll, I'll, we'll chat after too about yeah. it. But for listeners out there, um, she is someone who I've connected with in the social media world um, over the last couple of years and just so deeply appreciate um, her messaging. Is And she's written two books. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe her first book is called Gather. Okay. I'm forgetting the exact title. The second book, which she just released this last year, is um, about, I think it's entitled, like, oh, my gosh, I'm totally blanking, but, like, Rest Be. It's all about rest. Oh. And she has made it her mission to teach people about the importance of rest and slowing down. Mm-hmm. And um, she goes into corporations and she offers workshops. And, you know, I, I think she has a background in yoga and meditation as well. Oh, nice. So it first started in that format, but she's literally, she was sharing because I've listened to her on a podcast as well. It's, she doesn't know she doesn't go in and, and they don't do yoga first or meditate first. It's literally holding space 
for people to simply rest and do nothing and how freaking uncomfortable and hard it is at first. And that, you know, she'll witness understandably people looking around at each other like, <laughs> is this okay? What's like, what are on? we doing? You know, but yeah. I just, I so, I, I so appreciate the reminders. And, and again, that's for me been something I've been trying to practice and like I'll literally set a timer you know in the middle and usually it's the middle of the day yeah um because I find it's easier to like okay carve that in the, in the beginning of the day or maybe before bed but I think sometimes for my nervous system I really need it in the middle of the yeah. day as a break and just to and not and not to do anything you know like yeah phone is is in the other room mm-hmm. maybe it'll be outside in nature as well mm-hmm. um but to do nothing but how hard it is <laughs> it is and I'm thinking of a specific instance. So when I go float, I I mean, obviously I have no awareness of time, but it does take me a little bit to get to that calm place where my mind's not racing. I'm not thinking about what I have to do. And I'm just able to focus on the sensations of that, that silky salt water. And um, I like to go in the bigger rooms rather than the pods because then, and I do it completely in the dark. Mm. So besides the music, it's sensory deprivation and, um, just pushing myself from wall to wall and feeling the sway of that. Wow. That silky water. Yeah. But it it takes me a little while. Yeah, to, so, I, I, you know, yeah. I, I can imagine what it feels like when you're with people yes. trying to come to that place and you're looking around like, yeah. this is a little awkward. Right, right. Like, <laughs> is this okay? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. But what a great lesson. What a great lesson. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. I love, thank you. I love, I love that we were able, like, also just came full circle. So from how we begin well that speaks to your skill of being an interviewer no I just yeah your energy is yeah I just so appreciate you Megan it's it's been such a delight and joy well and I appreciate that um we were able to take the time to to see each other face to face yeah it feels really important thank you I look forward to the next time me too thank you (laughs) 